Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 94 of Gaming with Grief. And I'm calling this episode Ding, and I really hate exclamation points, but I'll get into that later. Let me do the intro. Uh, This podcast will hit my website, uh, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. So go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the episode, or you can go to Twitter, at JustLittleJoe, I'm there, leave me a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or go to iTunes, I'm there at um, basically the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. Uh, go there, leave me the stars, the reviews, stuff like that. Let me know how I can improve the podcast. Or you can drop me a line at uh, gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. You can uh, write me an email. That would be pretty cool. Let me know how I can improve the show. Uh, there's also a comment link on the actual website, www.gamingwithgroup.com. Uh, go there, uh, leave me a comment again. Let me know how I can improve the show. I'm always trying to do better. So yeah, I'm calling this episode uh, Ding, because we all know if we played games that there's a point in the game where you do this massive chain quest, uh, hopefully you level up. We've all got that kind of kismet in a game where you finish a big chain of missions or quests, your character glows and there's an explosion of light, you level up and it feels great. When I played World of Warcraft, I don't know if this is still true, I haven't played World of Warcraft in years, but people just say... You know, in the group chat with their guild, they would say ding, and everybody would be like, oh, you leveled up, congrats. So this kind of feels like what this is, you know, the finality of finishing this review of Revival, um, which I'm uh, right in the middle of. And this is the last two uh, volumes. This is volume, I'm reviewing volume seven and volume eight. And uh, this is volume seven I'm reviewing, and it's called uh, Farther. Um let me make sure that that is correct because I wrote these. I wrote a bunch of uh, notes, um, and I want to make sure that I got everything right. Let me just look through very quickly. Here we go. Uh, yes, Volume Seven is this called Forward? It came out on September seventh, twenty sixteen. Um, yeah, I think everything's kind of coming to a head in the comics. Uh, since the military was there, it was actually, uh, General Kale who was running everything. I forgot, uh, the name last time. So you see that she's very ambitious and she has been collecting the men in the woods because they're drawn to the facility where their bodies are. So it's, it does seem to be confirmed that people's souls are separated from their body. General Kale has collected them. Um, and I'll say there was small machinations in this issue. Um, I'm not going to go in depth about point to point, but all that really matters right now is that, um, there was an interesting scene where salt, like a line of salt, like an old, I don't know, you read in sci-fi and things all the time that, uh, you know, it's like an old ward, a line of salt. This actually does keep the spirits at bay. One of the spirits actually does try to possess one of its body, Rodney Rorsch, I think is how you pronounce his name. He, uh, but uh, since Kale has been doing ex- experiments, they're letting the, his spirit is let in the facility. It tries to burn him, but because of the salt line, it's separated. 
from him uh, between him and his room and it comes out of him and he actually starts to burn but stops because the salt separates him and he sees what's been happening in the facility because obviously the spirits are somewhat omnipotent and can see and hear things around them and he knows what's happening and he kind of he kind of lays it all out in front of all these guards you know the the general has been experimenting on us she wants to round us up and keep us away from our spirits and she wants to see what they do but she knows what they do and so I think she's trying to keep everything separate because she has a plan too. I think her grand scheme was to allow, obviously, the revivers to be weapons. I mean, it's kind of an old cliche, but it's true. If you find someone that's immortal, you would put them to work, especially in a military environment. Again, I talked about it last episode, but I don't think that cliches are bad. Um, I'm not one of those people that thinks that, oh, it's a cliche. Um, it makes sense. And, but things kind of go wrong. So Dana and her sister M are trying to find a uh, private who is wounded, but he kind of knows the big conspiracy about what caused the revivers. He's been in contact with somebody that gives him jobs to take out other revivers and people like that. But unfortunately, Dana shot him when they were trying to escape, like I mentioned in the last episode. And so he is under intensive care. Um, basically there's a lot of machinations. They don't make it to him in time. Someone also knows what's going on and covered their tracks and killed him. Dana and her sister are still kind of on the run. Um, but basically this issue ends with one of the revivers at Rodney Rorschach or Rorsch being, uh, he escapes and he actually reasons with his soul. All the men in the woods, the souls are kind of released at the same time. And he knows which one is his. And he said, listen, if you go and me, we both burn and go away. But there's something that needs to happen. And they start going after Kale and her men. They cause a massive battle to take place on the grounds of the farm. Kale is, uh, it seems to be escaped okay, but there was a lot of video footage. There was reporters there because Kale was giving a press conference about the recent state of events. And so it's caught on camera that she actually kills uh, a doctor. The doctor also knew uh, what was going on. Uh, in the facility, um, and she kills a doctor, and um, she basically, all this video footage is out there that, you know, she basically committed a crime, she shot on civilians, and at the and it kind of goes back and forth between this facility and uh, one of the um, lines of um, quarantine, where the checkpoint line where people have uh, you know, they want to get out of the town because they've been stuck in the town so long it's been under quarantine. People are protesting. They want to get out of the town. And what happens is uh, one of the army men is in civilian clothes. He is pissed at another officer through a bunch of machinations that I don't get, won't get into. But he shoots the officer, and it basically starts the um, the military shoot on the crowd. The crowd shoots on the military, and about 12 people are left dead. So it's kind of this horrific ending to the terrible ending to the comic that these people are um, being hunted, and you know um, it's it's it, it's the worst of the situation, and it kind of sums up the issue with showing that um, you know it shows everybody's reaction to the news. It shows the uh, General Kale's family's perception of what's been going on, and it shows. Dana's family, her father and son, their reaction. It shows her ex's reaction to everything, and basically everything is in shambles. But there's a strange thing that happens at the the end where M, the revived who is pregnant, she's about four months pregnant and showing, 
and her stomach starts to glow in like a blue light. So I don't really know what's happening. I don't know if her uh, baby is alive or dead, but it has begun kicking. So I think that'll be something that'll obviously come into play, um, you know, obviously in the last uh, volume. Uh, I'm going to read that right now. I kind of want to see how the whole thing ends. This has kind of been a neat journey. I think the one scene that really stuck with me is the fact that, um, you know, the idea that you, it's, I, it's strange, you know, the, the, the general towards the end gives this big speech about how she was trying to save everybody from everything. And, uh, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. You can't. <laughs> and it's because of that feeling that kind of leads her down this trail of wanting to separate the souls from the revived and, um, it just doesn't work. And, um, you know, uh, somebody else said it very well um, in uh, the comic that there's basically an old man that's a reviver and he is, uh, he's the one I mentioned before that got in the snowmobile accident. You know, he's in peak physical condition and he's in his 80s. Um, but he starts dating someone in town that's overweight, a woman that's overweight, and they dance and they it looks like they're about to have sex and he mentions to her that he can fix her and she obviously gets really upset she said i didn't need to be fixed and he says uh you know why everybody wants to be better and she says i think life is too short to worry about perfection uh it's fleeting and you know what did you get for all these years of wanting to be perfect you got nothing you know and when you look in the mirror what do you get uh, nothing really. And, uh, it's, uh, that's what it is, right? What do you, what do you get when you strive for perfection? Like I obviously want to eat healthy. I want to be healthy, but I don't, I'm not ever going to hit perfection. Um, in fact, just a short aside, um, you know, I'm still been playing D and D and we've been doing this long campaign and you kind of realize it's a DM when you screw up, you know, uh, and it's me wanting to get better. So I'm going to try to look online and try to be better, better DM. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave this. It, uh, I, that's the thing is, you know, you, perfection is, I mean, it's unattainable. So not, not even, it doesn't mean you can't be better, but it doesn't mean like, you know, why do you try for perfection? I don't know. Um, but I'll leave it here for now. Uh, the next, uh, part I'll review is the final volume and, uh, then I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts. I'll probably try to find some articles kind of backing up kind of what I thought was the themes. Uh, I've kind of gone over them in the reviews, but yeah, we'll stop there and then we'll pick it back up. Uh, See you guys later. I'm back. Yeah, let's talk about the final volume and conclusion of Revival. Uh, This volume came out on April 19th, 2017, uh, and it uh, concluded everything. Um, I think I've talked about a little bit in these that... It, uh, you know, there was a lot of cliches, a lot of tropes, and the ending of this was kind of a trope. So it is revealed in this issue that the old man who got in the snowmobile accident uh, that, um, you know, was one of the revivers uh, was effectively the villain. He and uh, one of the doctors in town uh, 
basically worked with Aaron Weimer and um, they uh, basically performed a ritual that Aaron uh, Andrew um, Weimer saw in uh, Andrew anyway that Professor Weimer saw in India they performed the same ritual in Wisconsin uh, and it required a sacrifice which was uh, M uh, the college student in the beginning of the thing, uh, he, Lester killed her, uh, the night on January 1st and, and threw her body in the river and basically later on, uh, did this ceremony and it brought people back to life. But there was a wrinkle in what happened basically, uh, because she was pregnant and he didn't know it, he screwed the ritual up because he, uh, he he basically offered up too much. So instead of people just coming back to life, their souls were separated. And this river that uh, they came to has become diseased and uh, filled with blood. Animals keep reviving in and out of it. Uh, the water is, even though it's a June, a late snow for Wisconsin, apparently, uh, the water is hot, so what happens is the Colonel Kale, I hope I'm saying her name right, she figures this out. She runs into the doctor. The doctor tells her what's going on. Uh, she goes with the doctor and her troops because they basically want to weaponize the creek and use it to bring soldiers back. Uh, the resistance, uh, this basically takes place a few days after what happened in the last issue. So, um, well, uh, yeah, a few days, but there's basically been... Uh, they basically turn Wasso, Wisconsin into like a town of civil war that there is uh, a resistance of people. They're looking for ammo. The power's off. So everybody's using fireplaces. They're running out of food. Um, basically, everything comes to a head in this issue, which you would expect for the last volume. Um, M figures out, well, no, she's pregnant and uh, basically has to go to the source of the creek, the convergence of life and death, as it were, and... Uh, go in a tank which is like submerged in the lake and basically sw swim with spirits and converge with them uh, and talk to them and she sees the body of her uh, the spirit of her um, her daughter and they have a she has a big speech with her daughter and says um, you know you're this is the worst of both worlds it's um, you know you're you're straddling life and death uh, this wasn't meant for you. So the Revivers have the ability to kiss someone and see the truth, which I talked about before. Um, so what M does is she kisses her daughter and shows her daughter what she would have given her, you know, the life she would have given her, the, you know, then going to school. You see these flashes of the daughter going to school and doing homework and getting married. And she stays the same age in the visions, but her daughter ages and dies. So she was going to name her daughter uh, Patricia after her mother. And um, so this big thing happens at the creek where the military is there. The, um, the uh, town refugees are there. Um, everybody's kind of there. There's a big gunfight. People get hurt but not killed. Well, some people get killed. I won't give everything away. But Dana, her spirit finally comes to her asked where the baby was, is, uh, and, or M is there, uh, Dana's with her, the spirit asks where the baby is, 
Dana says the baby is here, and the baby is born, but M dies. Burns just like the rest of the whatever. So it's almost like this immaculate birth. Uh, Lester Mazak, the Masrek, the old man who was trying to do all this, begrudgingly tries to do the ritual, tries to steal the the spirit of the baby so he can keep his immortality. And this is kind of where the cliche came in. It was an old man trying to cheat death was the idea of this whole thing that started, that he was upset that, you know, one day it was all going to fade away. Um, mostly, I don't think that cliches and tropes are bad. And I've said that several times during this, so I'll stop saying it. But, uh, you know, I don't think... Sometimes I always say it's the journey, not the destination, and I really feel like that with this. Like the central mystery of it was kind of uh, poked at and, and talked about that, um, you know, this was, um, you know, the, it was more about the people's emotions and how they felt and what they did for each other and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to me, that's what it was, the revelations about life and death, uh, how these people interacted with each other, the things they said to one another, the kind words and things they said about you know, the whole grieving process about there's a great speech at the end that M gives her sister and says, you need to let go. You know, everybody here understands the revivers are dead and that they have passed on, but their bodies are still here. And you're the only one still hanging on to the fact that you're trying to save me when that's not going to happen. I am going to die. And, uh, that was a really good speech. I always talk about the one scene that stays with me. Uh, that is the scene that kind of stays with me at the end where she says, you know, you just have to accept that this is going to happen. And uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read the um, the writer wrote a conclusion uh, to the book, a um, like an epilogue, just like a text, um, an afterword. That's what they're officially called, and that's what he's calling it. Um, uh, I'm just going to read the whole thing. So um, it's over. A life is over. That's what it felt like working on Revival a lifetime. And sure, it was only five years that myself, Mike Norton, Mark Englehart, Crank, and Jenny Frinson spent working on the series each and every month, but it felt like a lifetime. Maybe that's because so much of what Revival is pulled from the 20 years I spent living in and around the real town of Wasso, Wasso, the actual lives and deaths of real people providing the bones of the stories. Maybe it's because more than any project, more than any other project I've worked on, this book was an immense amount of work, especially for Mike Norton, who seemed to be drawing every waking moment for each of those five years, missing only one deadline, and because of the loss of his mom. Maybe it's because managing a town's worth of characters and figuring out their hopes and wants and weird character tricks surely contributed to, to this thinning hairline, these crow's feet, these minute and hours gone forever. But probably it's because in its own way, revival was alive. And had those bones made of the real man who shot a sheriff in his barn over a goose. Of an actual angry woman who poisoned a zorse. Of grandparents and parents. Of a town that lived and still lives. It had the soft, warm flesh of the passionate the passionate ideas of four of the finest collaborators I've ever had <coughs> I've ever worked with. And it had blood. Blood that pumped through through in its veins, the red thread in M's hood in the creek that cut through the pale, snowy hills. And it died. The last thread, the heart monitor that told us that Lester's Majax heart had stopped, reminded us that no one escapes death's grasp. But it's some comfort to know that Revival might live on long after I've gone. In each, in each time you read it, whoever you are, wherever you live, 
however you share your story with me and Mike and Mark and Crank and Jenny. Maybe in that way it's immortal. Maybe in that way it's never over. Sincerely, Tim Sweeney. Um, he actually doesn't date this. So I don't know when he wrote it. Obviously, it came out with the last issue. Um, so I don't know if it came out with the issue or the trades. That I don't know. But I think that's a good way to kind of sum up how I feel about uh, the thing. There was a lot. I'm glad I finished it. Uh, there was a lot of, I don't know, a lot of strange things that happened in this issue. And I, again, I kind of just went over everything in broad strokes. I didn't want to ruin um, the... I mean, I, I did. I spoiled a lot. But there's still a lot of, like, minute-to-minute things. And, again, you know, old man tries to cheat death and performs a an old ancient ritual. Um, you know, that's that's a trope. <laughs> uh, would you believe it that he's white? Anyway, uh, it is still wonderfully animated. The moment-to-moment is beautiful. And it is... Um, a good kind of uh, just showing of a town and what they would go through. And, uh, you know, it definitely put these creators on the map for me, you know, as, as far as looking out to see what they create next. I'm definitely going to try to look into their, um, you know, look into their, um, I don't know, look at obviously what they're written next and what they're up to. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, if I didn't ruin it enough for you, I recommend picking it up again. On It's on Comixology or probably anywhere. Try the library. Um, my wife and I were talking about the library this morning. It doesn't get enough love, I think. You know, The library is great. Uh, yeah, but it's called Revival. Obviously, uh, I did the volumize whatever. I gave the, the names and the, the titles of the volumes and the release dates, so maybe you could look that. Or you could just try to go do issue by issue. I don't know. Um, it's probably easier to get that way, but you know, I think that's it guys. I think I I did it. I finally finished something. Uh, I finished something. I can't believe I finished a review of a thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't normally talk about like what I'm doing next because I don't ever really know. Uh, I have some things that I'm ahead, uh, some issues that I, some uh, episodes of the podcast that I save for whatever reason that, you know, maybe I want to release things later or whatever. But I think um, I'm going to I think the next uh, the next um, podcast, I'm going to talk about comfort and maybe how we find comfort even in terrible times, because I think lately my brain space has been all over the place. And I think, um, you know, I think that's what I'm going to do, probably do some research and talk to you guys about comfort. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. That was a weird, awkward pause, but I think that's it for this week, guys. Uh, Thanks for sitting through my whole long, convoluted review of Revival. Uh, You know, this uh, podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. It will hit iTunes on Sunday afternoon. Sometimes that's usually when I publish it, and I can't control iTunes. So if you want to listen to that podcast uh, there at iTunes, subscribe, like, that kind of stuff. Uh, give me some stars, rate me. You can also go to the website at www.gamewithgrief.com, leave a comment there. Um, or I'm at uh, Just Little Joe on Twitter. Go there, let me know what you think. I will try to be better about promoting this uh, and uh, getting out there and doing that. And uh, you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com uh, and drop me an email. Let me know what you think of the show, that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think. I think that is about it. So without further ado, guys, I think that's it for this week. Uh, Enjoy, and I will talk to you again soon.